0: Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Endeavors. On today's show, another film from the Whistler Film Festival, Small Town, Wisconsin. I speak with its director and writer, Niels Mueller. That's coming up on Endeavors. You're listening to Endeavors Radio with your host from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Dan McKeith. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Endeavors. It is Friday morning, December 18th. I am on the last day of a three-month shoot. The last day before the holiday break. Apologies, I haven't been uploading as... Regularly as I normally do when you work 15, 16, 17 hours a day, I find is not always time to do the other things you want to do. But, nevertheless, here is a new episode. You'll know that I've been uh, covering the Whistler Film Festival. Last week, you heard my interview with Carl Besai. And today is another interview with a great director, Niels Muller, who is the writer-director of Small Town Wisconsin, starring, among others... Kristen Johnson of Third Rock from the Sun. Fame. After having his first film star people such as Sean Penn, Niels wanted to go smaller with his second film. He talks about why it was important for him to shoot the film in his home state of Wisconsin where it is also set and how he got Kristen Johnson involved. Niels Mueller's previous credits include Tadpole, The Assassination of Richard Nixon, and episodes of the TV series The Defenders. As I mentioned, The Assassination of Richard Nixon starred Sean Penn, Naomi Watts, and Don Cheadle. Small Town Wisconsin recently premiered at the Whistler Film Festival here in Canada. This is my conversation with writer-director Niels Mueller. Well,
1: uh, let's talk about uh, small, small town Wisconsin. Great, great. Yes, um, I know this is. I know you, you've worked in sort of various uh, aspects of of the film industry over the years. But am, am I correct in saying this is your sort of your your second full feature?
2: Yeah, second feature that I've directed. I've I've written other features, um, tadpoles. When I'm particularly pleased with but yeah it's my second directorial effort
1: um what what was it like i mean i, I know you i you worked in television uh as, as well a little bit um but what was it like for you uh getting getting back to to directing a feature after you know 15 years after your last one
2: yeah i mean it's it it's honestly it depresses me to think it was 15 years because it uh i i love film. It's, it was, it's why I left Wisconsin and came out to Los Angeles to go to film school and to try to make a career of, of filmmaking. Um, and times got tough in the indie world uh, when the whole economy kind of collapsed and that whole midsection of filmmaking where I was just getting going with Nixon kind of disappeared with assassination of Richard Nixon. Um, so coming back and being able to direct and being able to go home you know, it's, Wisconsin is always uh, at least it, it feels like home every time I'm there. It's where I grew up. It was just great. It was it was you know making this was one of the great professional experiences of my life. I just it was fantastic.
1: Let's talk about Richard Nixon because you you had written one film before that tadpole, but here you are. It's your it's your first feature as director, and you're working with Sean Penn, Naomi Watts, Don Cheadle, and Michael Wincott. Um, how how insane was that for you?
2: Well, I mean, it's it, yeah. I was given the I was given the Cadillac to drive first time out at age uh, fourteen. It feels like you know I was much older than fourteen. But um, I was working with people like Sean Penn and and Don Cheadle and well, really they they all had a vast amount of feature making experience that I didn't have. Um, but uh, I. How would you how would you put it? I, it was a group of people who came together to make the same film, and so it was. You uh, I mean look at the first day? On, I I'll tell I'll, I'll tell it this way. The first day I'm on set calling action. It was a scene between Don and Sean, and I'm I'm walking along the camera. I, I called action, and I'm saying, "Wow, there is Sean Penn and Don Cheadle uh, doing this," you know, do, saying my words, and I. Forgot to call cut the first take, second take. Forgot to call cut, but then something kind of just clicks in. You realize people are looking to you and counting on you. And I knew I knew the film very well. I'd, I'd written the script with Kevin Kennedy, and I'd prepared. And you just say, uh, you know, Sean Penn and Don Cheadle, Naomi Watts. They put their faith in me, um, and uh, God bless them for that. And I'll be grateful to them the rest of my life, especially. Sean, because he was the first one who signed on, and you know, when you have Sean Penn involved with the film, people want to work with Sean for good reasons. So Sean really helped us build that whole film. And I'll tell you, you know, there aren't a lot of people uh, who, when they shake your hand, that's a done deal for them for the rest of their lives until something. When Sean shook my hand and said, "I want to make this film with you," um, he went through thick and thin with me. Financing fell apart repeatedly. There is a mensch and a stand-up person uh, like no other. He's just uh, he's a, a, a hugely talented actor and somebody I'll always be tremendously grateful to. Is
1: is he a bit understood, Sean? Or misunderstood, I mean, you know, because you always hear stories about Sean in the media and it, it feels like maybe they don't fully kind of grasp his, his genius.
2: I'll just speak from what I know. I mean, what I know personally is uh, the hardest-working person on set. And if there's an, we had our disagreements, but it was always about the work. And whoever had the best idea won. Um, and uh, just all about the work and extremely hard-working and great talent and a, and a great leader. You need more than uh, just the director on set to lead. And need a leader. And uh, it was just a great partnership. But beyond that, I don't understand uh, anybody who would uh, judge negatively a person who has done everything he's done in his private life, what he's done in, in Haiti, what he did. You know, you, you can just imagine, when he went down to New Orleans when after Katrina, and he was watching frustrated. I'm just, I, I never spoke to him about it, but I'm sure. Knowing Sean, knowing what I do know of Sean, I'm sure what happened was he was watching what was unfolding, and saying, "Well, I have some resources that at least help some people." He went down and started helping. No publicity yeah. done. It's just a good-hearted uh, person. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, we need more Sean Penns in this world. That's, that's that's my judgment.
1: We mentioned that that film was was 16 years ago, 2004, and now here you are directing Small Town Wisconsin. In very different times, how much do you think the industry for you has changed in the last decade and a half?
2: Oh man, I mean, it's it's changed it's it's changed dramatically. I mean, I always feel like the kinds of films that I love, and Small Town Wisconsin, is the kind of film I love. I love a film that is about something. I love you know. Just I got an email from uh, someone who had seen the film. As part of Whistler, I would put my email address at the end of my little introduction because in this time of COVID, you know, one of the one of the disappointments is you have no feedback from the audience. So I just put my email address out, and I got a really nice note from a viewer, someone who just watched the film in Canada, and they said that their sort of test with with films of what is what really makes them feel like, okay, this is a great film, is when they're thinking about it after they leave the theater or after they've turned off their television. And, and this particular person said how much the film had stayed with them and how they were thinking about it. That's always the kind of film that I've been interested in making. And, you know, the, the Hollywood studios just aren't making a lot of films like that anymore. Uh, you know, when, when, when I was growing up, the studios were making films like uh, The Last Detail Chinatown. And it's just, it doesn't happen anymore. Uh, very rarely. Um, so, you know, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to make this film and do it as an independent film, I really wanted to, excuse me, fight to have, to achieve the authentic authenticity that you see in the film. I wanted to be able to cast the right actors, not really have that consideration of, well, this actor sells in France and this actor sells here or there, but just to go for the right actors. And I also wanted to shoot, for, shoot the film in Wisconsin because I wanted Wisconsin to be a, a character in the film. Um, and that is something that I think we've had to move to the indie realm to really pull that off these days. And that's, that's a big change in the industry because the studios used to do these kinds of films and they really aren't making them. I don't want to give up that territory for filmmaking. You, you do get to work with
1: uh, or you did work with a, a, a bit of a 90s icon uh, in the film, Kristen Johnson, who, of course, people remember most from, uh, from Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, working with, with, with somebody like her who, who especially who, who was known um, for, you know, to, to such an, a, an intense group of people for for about a decade.
2: So so Kristen you know, went to the high school I went to in Milwaukee and suburban Milwaukee and actually was uh, my sister, Carla's classmate. And as I did my work, the, 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 the original writer, uh, Jason Notchick, another Milwaukeean told me, make this script your own, make this film your own. And as I did my work as a director, all I had in mind was Kristen Johnston. She is a Milwaukee gal, she knows the city um, and, and yeah, like you said, she's, uh, she's a great comedian, uh, established herself first in the nineties, but it was the, the, only, it was the only meeting I was really quite nervous for, uh, because I so wanted her to do the film. And I, 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 showed up, I realized I was, uh, 45 minutes early for the meeting. The great thing was when she sat down and, uh, she realized how much I wanted her, she let her guard down quickly as she told me. And she said, you no, know, I often come to these meetings with my guard up a bit, when I want something this badly, and I've not wanted something so much as as this role since Third Rock from the Sun*, which you just mentioned. So, uh, it, working with Kristen, saying to her, "Come back home and make a movie with me," which was a part of my whole uh, formulation for making this film: was make it with as many Wisconsinites as possible uh, for authenticity, and uh, at least make sure everybody has small-town America in their blood and bones, and it was just tremendous you know we drove down lake drive where uh, she grew up and she showed me how she had grown up and her mom came to set my father came to set um and it was it was a family affair really and and, and, and just tremendous experience the whole thing
1: you know s- small town america has always been depicted on cinema but it, usually we see it's like you know the rural rural south or you know something something like that w- what does what, does, what did growing up in the Midwest, what do you think that did for you creatively?
2: Man, I mean, you know, we're all the product of our experiences. And so, I mean, it's a great question. And and, and I, I uh, probably haven't dissected it as much as I will in the coming years now that I finally made this film. But when I read the first draft of the script, what really resonated for me was how Jason had captured these blue-collar Wisconsinites so accurately. I'd worked with people like Wayne and like Chuck in my father's uh, furniture warehouse. Um, And I just, they drive in my father's, uh, until he retired, his furniture, office furniture store was uh, a little bit outside of Milwaukee and they came in from smaller towns. And I just got these characters and and my father's business partner, John Morgan, had grown up on a farm in New Holstein. And so I knew, and I would always go and and hang out uh, on the dairy farms as a kid weekends and, like I got small town Wisconsin, I just grew up with it. And I, I, I feel like, you know, that uh, it is a part of the country that we haven't seen a lot of films made about. And I feel like, you know, we're such a vast country and you think of all the cultural differences when you travel in Europe and you're going across borders and everything shifts. And sometimes we take for granted how much our culture is not homogeneous region to region and even town to town. And I I wanted to just take a look, almost had this film be in a very entertaining way an ethnographic study of this part of the country that is, you know, people refer to as a flyover state. Uh, It was especially interesting to me after 2016 and and, uh, seeing Wisconsin help swing the election. I wanted to, uh, part of the thing I wanted to do is ask the question, what exactly is going wrong in the heartland? What is at the center of this uh, addiction crisis that's taken lives? So that's all part of this very, hopefully, very entertaining uh, family uh, uh, drama comedy. You know, I, well, one thing I th- don't think people realize, Milwaukee
1: is very underrated in terms of its culture. You know, you've got three professional sports teams uh, that are, you know, one of the, probably one of the most legendary football teams ever. Uh, a long-standing baseball tradition. Some of the great baseball players. Um, what is it? Of, and of course, the beer. Everyone, you know, brewers. Everyone knows about M- M- Milwaukee beer. But what, what's maybe one or two things about Milwaukee or or about Wisconsin that you think is I, people don't know or is maybe either misunderstood?
2: Well, you know, I went to college back east in. Boston. I went to Tufts, um, and the thing that that surprised me was the this sort of coastal notion uh, that the it was almost as if people thought that the middle of the country didn't get news and films and um, it's, it's a rich culture and look at, Wisconsin has produced some great talent in the industry we're talking about filmmaking, um, you know. Orson Welles is a Wisconsinite. Mark Ruffalo grew up part of his life, somebody I worked with on 13, going on 30, part of his life in, in Wisconsin. So they're really, you know, it, it's, a, it's a rich and, uh, and, and, and important part of the country. And, um, I, you know, I, I had a good friend come to visit Seth who grew up out here on the West Coast. And he said to me, you know, Niels, these people here are aggressively friendly. And uh it and the culture shifts the moment you get on a on a plane to go back to Wisconsin. it has it there there is a different culture, a different way that people uh greet and interact. Um, you know, Wisconsin has its fill of, of uh, jackasses as well as like any part of the country, you know. So I, I'm, I'm certainly don't to even wanna to characterize all Wisconsinites as friendly, but there's a different culture. It was what was very important to me, um in making the film was getting my actors all out there two, three weeks in advance to both rehearse, have time together to rehearse and just become a a family unit making the film. But I also wanted them to be able to soak in the the local culture and how people interact and and the accent. And uh, so that I think that when I get the kind of compliments I love hearing about this film, somebody just in in Canada just wrote a really lovely review uh, saying that, it almost feels like cameras were just kind of dropped into these people's lives and they weren't aware that cameras were filming and photographing. Well, that's such a high compliment that uh, and it's certainly something that we were all going for, authenticity and capturing that Wisconsin culture.
1: You know, speaking of authenticity, what do, what do films get right about the Midwest? What does, what do they get wrong about the Midwest?
2: Well, you know, Often, I think the films about the Midwest are made with an outsider's eye, and you know the, the typical way you would do a film like this is, and this is something I, I think I shifted shifted about when I was getting ready to film. But you would all you'd start with these shots of a uh, tractor goes by on a on a, and then in a field, cows out at the pasture, corner bar here, and I I said you know what that that it always makes you feel like you're looking into a terrarium at these quaint people. And I said, no, let's meet our people, which is how I did it in the film. And then we'll follow them from the garage where Wayne works, our central protagonist, and Chuck works also, and follow them and let them introduce us to the town, just very simply. So my way into the film was through the characters. And that was always on my mind as point of view. Whose point of view am am I telling? I don't want it to be mine, the director's, saying, look at, look at these people from the outside. So I think, I think how I made the film came from, you know, who I am having grown up there and not wanting it to feel like we're, we're looking into a terrarium, but to bring us inside. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, just the typical thing is things that an outsider finds quaint and uh, funny uh, are overemphasized. And so I, I made sure not to To do that and there's also you know what what i've noticed in films made by non-midwesterners about the midwest is there's an evenness of all the accents that the actors do the truth is if you go to wisconsin you can have one person speak much like i'm talking right now and then you go down the block uh, and and they they have a, a more pronounced uh milwaukee accent or green bay accent but accents change it's not uniform it all depends on who who your parents are how long your family's been around and so yeah, so I really thought about all of that
1: you know it's funny because I I think that the all the Midwest is often lumped together culturally much like the South is but how would you you know how different would you say is Wisconsin from you know Minnesota from the Dakotas from Indiana for example
2: Man, it, that, that's a that's a really great question, and, and one that I probably won't be able to answer properly with, because I, I I really would have to give that thought. But um, I mean, even e- you know, even within Wisconsin itself, uh, and, and and you can you can take a look at at our, our recent election results, how people are feeling from from the bigger cities in Wisconsin to the rural areas is reflected in. In, in, in the voting however if you start taking taking the voting apart county by county it's not either blue or red it's the whole state is purple it's just different variations of, of what goes more red and what more blue and that's that's just one uh, la- layer of analysis and you could say you know within Wisconsin itself there is this feeling in in the rural areas that that uh it's a term for it's it slipping my mind right now but there's at least this this feeling that they're not being represented properly and they're not there it's like a feeling of of dispossession that's one thing I kind of wanted to look at a little bit in the film so and and from from Indiana to Wisconsin to Minnesota man that's a great question I would uh, I would have to do a little traveling through the states and see if I can't verbalize that at some point
1: you know, you know, it's funny. You you spoke of the election, and and we saw how much of a player Wisconsin specifically became in in twenty sixteen, and uh, you know, uh, Governor Brown was was doing a lot of things, and we're seeing that that's where a lot of the the conservatives are are getting their base is 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 the South and the Midwest. What what is it? Do you think that the a lot of the the the, the Midwest population is so disenfranchised about, or or or, or so disillusioned about?
2: That's a great question too, because I mean, and it's something that we look at a little bit in the film. Um, there is that industrial base, you know, the in, in, in small town Wisconsin. It's referenced very simply, but we understand that Wayne's father worked in a, a mill, a paper mill, and those jobs went away. And there's this uh, this this uh, grappling with. Uh, what has slipped away and how do we move forward? Um, and that, that's something that I, I try to deal with in the film. Uh, just very simply, again, it's not overtly, it's not political at all, really, the film, but I do think there's that social layer. And and, and really the film, I think, grapples with exactly what you're asking. And it, it, the film asks us to look at that. You know, what, what exactly is going wrong in the Midwest? What is going wrong in, in Wayne, my, my central character's life, Wayne Skobierski. Um, but it's, I think generally it's that there's things change. Life changes and things are changing. And some people are able to find a path forward. Other people want to know why the past has gone away. and They're hanging on to something. Um, and I think that that's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a human struggle with that. Uh, so often, uh, not just in our own culture, uh, but in, in other countries and cultures across the world. You know, there's, there's always that, 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 that move, forward and people want to turn backwards. And that's sort of the eternal human struggle.
1: As, as a filmmaker, what was the best part of, of being able to, to film in the location where it was actually set? You know, there, there, there's a joke here up in, up in Canada, Vancouver is always on film, but never plays itself, right? Um, what what was the best part of being actually able to film where where you had set your piece?
2: I think the best the, the, the best thing about being able to shoot in Wisconsin was the authenticity that it kind of, that kind of permeated our whole set and production and storytelling. You know you want you want your actors to have as little as Possible to have to grapple with to add to all of the other things they're doing on camera. For instance uh, uh, point, point beer which is the, uh, a point, uh, the Beer that Wayne uh, drinks most often um, Very it's an excellent local beer by the way in Wisconsin and we asked them permission to feature the, their cans It was not product promotion. It was so that we wouldn't have to do this kind of thing You know like where you're constantly seeing on film and TV shows where they have to just burn so you can't read the label. I I don't want my labels not showing because, I don't want my actors having to think about that stuff. No, I just want them to enter this sacred space that we, you know, where they're gonna do their work, which is the most important thing that you do. Your most important job as a director is to set up that space for the actors to to be able to inhabit and explore and discover, you know, great actors like I had on this film, uh, certainly on Assassination Richard Nixon, if you can create that space where they can create i mean you know that, that's that's where powerful performances emerge and so being in wisconsin it filtered through everything that we that we that we did on this film you didn't have to imagine wisconsin you were surrounded by it you, you, you take a lunch break and you're going into a local restaurant well that's you're hearing the the, the local accents and you're seeing the local uh, demeanor and, and so that just permeates a production and, and that's, that's why it was just key to me. And I said to my uh, partner and my financier, just a great, great, who's become a great friend and just has been a tremendous partner, Lu Hong Tao, who's based in Beijing. Um, I said to him, I said, let me let me make this film locally. I said, we don't have a tax credit in Wisconsin, but I promise you I will be the tax credit, meaning I'll make up for that 20, 30%. By calling in every favor I can, and man, did the community come together behind this film. Almost everybody in town just opened their doors. They said, the Pfister Hotel, come shoot here, one of the probably the nicest hotel in Milwaukee, shoot here, the Wisconsin State Fair, just tremendous people said, come and film. And they helped us with all of that, shot below the West Dallas Speedway, the Sheriff's Department helping us shoot on the freeways and all the, the three small towns we put together to create our one town. Palmyra, East Troy, and Iguanago. I mean, the, the, the uh, police chief of Palmyra was a great great person and, and helped us out quite a bit as we were filming. He's the bailiff he's kind of in the background of the courtroom scene. It was really a community effort. And yeah, was, that's hugely important to what we pulled off. How,
1: how do you work with your actors in, in, in terms of, you know, how much say do you give them in their characters, your, your relationship with them a, a, as a director?
2: So one of the key things that I mentioned was having time all together to just rehearse and uh, go through the scenes and see how, what their thoughts were on approaching um, the material and then being able to chat, talk that through. One thing that I always try to do is every actor is different in their approach. And I try to I, I ask directly, what's helpful to you? And I try to check in with, so, so, for instance, David Sullivan, the lead character uh, who played our, the lead character Wayne, something that one thing that's helpful to him is to hear hear from me a, a, what what I think Wayne might be thinking about in that moment. Um, and Kristen Johnson, I'm trying to remember what, but I check in with each actor within you know the the, the first number of days of shooting, and I just ask very directly, how am I doing? Meaning, how am I, am I helping you? Or am I getting, or, you know what I mean? You just, you, you want to, know, you, I think the director's job is to understand each actor's process and to be sure you're supporting that. And the other thing like, that I already mentioned is I work very hard to create this uh, sacred space, which is a word, which is a term that Jack Thompson taught me on Assassination of Richard Nixon, the great Australian actor, Jack Thompson, who plays Sean Penn's boss in that film he told me when i checked in with him i said how am i doing he said Neil, i think you're doing a great job australian but um there is something called the sacred space and you know when we come if people are adjusting lights that that work it's great if that work is done so when we enter the world is just existing we're going to inhabit so i work very hard to create that world so when the actors are coming to set it's ready and it's theirs
1: how how are you adapting to the virtual world, you know, especially when it comes to promoting um, a film because you know times have dictated that this is a virtual festival this year how How do you think that's uh, affected the industry?
2: yeah I mean we're all we're all finding our way with this, and um, you know the Whistler Film Festival' has done a really tremendous job moving to virtual they've had uh, sort of virtual coffee get-togethers with the filmmakers and that's great because one of the things that's important to a film is making new contacts you start getting your head above water as an independent film by meeting people <laughs> excuse me and 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 so uh but so yeah, it's 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 you just We're all just kind of flying by the seat of our pants, figuring out this world as it goes. Um, But I like, I like, you know, we're in the middle of Whistler right now. But there's some other festivals along the way have done a really great job of making introductions, press-wise. And when I was just back in Wisconsin, we were part of the Milwaukee Film Festival, and um, because it's a a very nice local story, I really did quite a bit of press there. And um, so. It's it's working, you know. But do I miss being able to be there, going to festivals and meeting people in person, where you have all the press gathering? Uh, Yeah, it's 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 a bit more challenging, but we're we're finding our way.
1: Do you ever have a pinch me moment? Because here you are. You know, this is a very much a love story to your hometown, your home state. It's a low budget indie film, and, and here you are playing at the third largest film festival in Canada. You know, it's it's expanded a lot in the last five years. It's probably one of the top fifteen, twenty now, I would say, in all of North America. What what does that feel like as as a creator?
2: Well, I, I have to say I, I was very appreciative the first time around with uh assassination of Richard Nixon, which premiered at Cannes and the North uh excuse me, in North America was at Toronto. Um but I have a deeper appreciation this time around. Um and it, it, it feels, honestly, it feels great. Uh, we are both playing at Whistler right now. We're also part of the Anchorage Film Festival, really lovely people in Anchorage. And we I did a Q and A for Anchorage. And it's, it, it helps fill the void of not being able to be there with an audience uh, and, and, and interact with the audience and, and meet other filmmakers and do the press to be able to uh, have these virtual festivals you know, like talking to, to you right now, Dan, it's, it's, it's meaningful. You're giving me feedback and I'm, you're, you're giving me a platform to talk about a film I'm hugely proud of. But it's, uh, I really, I, I, I feel very grateful uh, that I have this, especially, uh, honestly, right now in this time of COVID, it's been great that I'm, I'm meeting people and I get to go out and, uh, again, talk about something I really am prou- proud of.
1: We we've been mentioning it a, a little bit. I wanted to ask you uh, about Tadpole because that was your first feature uh, as writer, and and we talked about how uh, Assassination of Richard Dixon you know, had uh, had Sean Penn and, and and Don Cheadle and Naomi Watts. Tadpole had had a very great cast too. You know, it had Sigourney Weaver, Ron Rifkin, BB Newworth, the late great uh, John Ritter. Um, Obviously, as a writer, you don't necessarily have a ton of say in in, in 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 who gets cast. But what was it like getting to hear those heavyweights say the words that you wrote?
2: Nah, it's a it's a great feeling, and uh, I'm so glad uh, my my friend sadly passed away. But uh, Gary Winnick, the director of Padpole, uh, called and, and told me to come out, to, asked me to come out to set. And I'm so glad I went. Uh, and you know, and, and, and God bless Gary for what he pulled off. I mean, that shoot was so short. It was a pretty tight budget, and he did such a beautiful job on it. But so I, I still remember, like yesterday, going to set for the first time, and it was a scene with B.B. Newworth and Aaron Stanford, who's such a great actor, and B.B. amazing. And you just, uh, I just, you know, found my little place to stand next to the cinematographer, and. Watched it come to life, and the, the the thing with great actors is, as 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 much as you feel when you're you're kind of feel like you're hitting it on the page, when a, an actor takes it and then takes it well beyond where you imagine the scene could go, just because of everything they're investing in it, uh, it's a it's it's a, a real natural high. It's just uh, yeah, the best way to describe it.
1: You, you, you mentioned Aaron Stanford and that was his first big role and that was only a year um, before the world got to see him in, in X-Men, both in X-Men United and then um, X-Men The Last Stand. What, what do you remember about him?
2: He's a really just a down-to-earth, great, great person. Um, and the last, I think, the last time I saw Aaron, he came out to—gosh, was it that long ago? Maybe. But he, he came out. very supportive when assassination of Richard Nixon came out. He came out to a screening, and um, he's, a, he's a very good person. And he's an extremely talented actor. He's—he's—he's—he's he's, he's, he's an actor who uh, can chat with you as this, everything is being set up, and then that off, prepare for a few moments and then boom, Just in it and he's creating and he has variation from take to take as he's discovering. And uh, yeah, I've, I have nothing but praise for Aaron Stanford. I, I think he's a really strong, strong, talented uh, actor.
1: Uh, and I just found this out, is this true? You got to work on a, on a film that I enjoyed. I, I'm, I don't, I think it was slightly underrated in the media, but is it true you worked on Swim Fan?
2: Wow. That's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. That's uh that, that goes, I think, what what year was that? I did, I did. Uh, I think that was,
1: I think it was 2003. So I think, was it right after uh tadpole? I'm looking here.
2: Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it, was it was, I got a call from a good friend. I went to Tufts with John Panati, who's a really excellent established producer and has done really great, great work. And they needed a bit of, 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 of polish on the script and um, yeah, so I went out to New York and I worked with the director and i wasn't on set on that film and i, so I, I won 't have good stories of oh i, I think I, I think I was there for a table read though so I met I did meet the actors and, and yeah, I remember thinking there were some really talented actors they've all gone on a number of them have gone on to do really well uh, so that, that's a good reference yeah
1: and you were and you were credited as Production consultant, right which is a kind of a, a I don't know if a, if a term that is still used today maybe it would be a c- consulting uh, pr- producer.: um, Yeah
2: well, I did I did consult beyond on the script. I, I, I consulted on um, casting and other elements of production as I remember, but um, yeah, I think I was writing something else at the time, so it was so my, my memories aren't quite as clear on that one. But it was, but it was, I, I, it was a good group of people, though.
1: Is it, uh, is it, do you, do you see any ironies at all that, you know, your, your first film, Tadpole, had John Ritter, and then Swim Fan had his son, uh,
2: Jason, in a small role? Oh, man, you know, I don't think I knew that, or if I <laughs> forgot it. Um, yeah, uh, I do remember being on set with John Ritter. I just think that he's just uh, such a, talented actors so funny it's just you know it's, it's again like when you write these words and you're like yeah is that funny I hope that works and then suddenly in the in the mind and coming out of the mouth of somebody like John Ritter just oh you know it's, 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 it's a joy to watch to watch a great actor work I mean I've been very lucky you know to watch uh, Sean Penn and Don Cheadle on that first day and then Naomi and then Jack Thompson I mentioned Michael Wincott. I mean it's just uh, what, what, what what the act what, what, what great actors do to bring to life what's on the page and, and, and how they're able to let cameras and microphones and lighting all disappear and just enter this world to the point where I, think I I remember very clearly sitting below on the floor watching Sean and uh, Michael Wincott do this. Great scene between two brothers in *Assassination* of Richard Nixon. And I just was feeling embarrassed. I should not be here. I'm just listening in on this very private conversation, but I really have that feeling, and I had the same feeling with uh, <coughs> David Sullivan and Bill Heck, and and also and also with uh, Tanya Fisher on on *Small Town Wisconsin*, where you just don't feel like you belong because you're just invading private space. I mean, it's just. Uh, the, the thing the, the thing that i'm most impressed with uh, in filmmaking is what great actors are able to uh it's uh, it's and we have we just have some tremendous, tremendous actors in this country and i have to say last quick thing I, I my one one concern about shooting in wisconsin was um could i find all of the supporting cast that i needed locally state parts, etc man i mean there there's Tremendous talent right in Milwaukee. The guy who plays Stu, uh, the, uh, Deidre's current husband, uh, David Sapiro. I mean, I, I read people in LA, New York, and Wisconsin. He won that part, all his. Uh, uh, Malkia Stampley, who's behind the desk at the hotel. Just fantastic. I've been talking to her. I really wanna do something with her again. There's great local talent too. And that was kind of one of my things with small town Wisconsin was there are such great actors out there. I, I've worked with some very established actors and, and I thought there's some other actors who would be established with the right roles. And I, I'm just really pleased with this cast I put together. I think they, there's so many actors in this film who, who, can, who can carry a film. It just, yeah, it was tremendous.
1: Just as we wrap up here, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you're from Wisconsin, Kristen's from Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's most famous son is probably Houdini um uh he
2: got that i think
1: <laughs> he, he. i think he grew up in appleton right isn't there a houdini's you're,
2: you're, you're gonna teach me right now because... isn't he
1: i believe there's a, a square now in appleton that's called houdini plaza or something like that um w- w- was he a, a big part of the i guess the lore of wisconsin growing up for you at all
2: no, that's you know what I mean. Once we get off, I'm gonna look up who I should know this. I went to tennis camp in Appleton. My nephew just graduated Lawrence University in Appleton, so shame on me if I that that I don't know that. Uh, but I, I I shall be doing my research, unless you Google it and can tell me real quickly and shame me further for not knowing this. Uh,
1: he lived in Appleton Street in an area that is now known Houdini Square. Uh, they, they moved to Milwaukee. Blah blah blah, Oh, and then they okay so he was only there for like 10 years because then they moved to new york city um Great I,
2: from wisconsin
1: yeah yeah appleton I, wisconsin i
2: didn't know that i didn't i i, I i've known and have been really pleased with the orson wells reference because i uh, i haven't seen mank yet i do I'm, I'm looking have you seen mank yet no i'm looking forward to seeing that but uh yeah i mean look at you know wisconsin's a an, an interesting and complex place you know we We've we given uh, uh, America fighting Bob Lafollette its first socialist. but also, uh, unfortunately, gave 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 uh, gave, gave the uh, Senate uh, Senator Joe McCarthy. So it's a, it's been all over the map, but it's an interesting place, and it was uh, a really fun fun place to explore on film.
1: I did. You're right. I forgot that uh, Orson Welles is from Wisconsin, from Kenosha. Uh, right. You know, speaking of great filmmakers, you know few are, are 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 better from than him. As someone who who grew up in Wisconsin, w- was he always one that was 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 he sort of like the, the 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 poster boy of how to succeed from from being from Wisconsin? I
2: certainly once I truth is one thing. Once I got to film school and really started immersing myself in film, I was extremely pleased to realize he was from Wisconsin. But on it, my, my, and, and so yeah, now I I, 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 I love citing that uh, fellow Wisconsinite. But I grew up on uh, the, the first films that really captivated me were, were either my father's from Germany originally and my father would take my, my older brother and me to UWM, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, to see German films <coughs> that they would put up at the university. And I, you know, it was such great filmmakers. We had Fassbinder, Werner Herzog, Penders, you know, and in there Schlundorf and and so I was seeing these great German films, and then also uh, I was watching the great films of the '70s that were coming out of the studios. You know, I mean, one of the I think the first R-rated film I saw was *The Last Detail*, it's a brilliant film, just um, such uh, you know. And then uh, so so I feel like I got a great education with the films that were current in the theaters, I went to a, a birthday party and watched 2001, Kubrick's film, when it came out. I didn't know what the hell was going on, but it still stayed with me. And it, so I've, I've watched it many times since, and it still, it's still, it's a puzzle of a film, but a great one. Um, so they're just watching great films that were in the theaters. And that's, uh, that's something that I, I hope someday happens again. Maybe never, who knows, would we'll what happens.
1: Um, you know, being from Milwaukee, uh, and the team is, of course, the brewers. Do you have a favorite beer in Milwaukee?
2: Interesting. So when I grew up, it, the, the, we had the three big breweries. It was Pabst, Schlitz, and Miller. And I liked Pabst the best because they had brewery tours. And the Pabst brewery tour was, it was just fantastic. It you was know, free beer by the end of the tour. Um, but there is, there's a really good local brewery now called Sprecher. S-P-R-E-C-H-E-R really, they make a really, really excellent beer. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, uh, with my father having grown up in Germany, I'm a big fan of, uh, Lager and Pilsner. I'm not, not big on the ales. Um, but I, I I think establishments have at least one good German Pilsner on tap.
1: What do you think it is about the, why did Milwaukee become such a haven for German immigrants?
2: That's a good question. I mean, I think I have read about this, but I probably am going to be a little spotty in my answer. But you know, it's it's that kind of thing where the first wave goes over and finds a place to settle, and they write back home and uh, they say, "Well, this is working out here." And you know, we had some of the great. Well, I think all of the uh, the big brewers were of beer were uh, Germans: Miller, Pabst, and Schlitz. I think, and they, they write home and they say, well, this is working out and why don't you come over? And you know, like where I'm living right now, it's uh, Glendale, California, and there's uh, a, a, a quite a large Armenian population. And uh, I think it's often the same thing where the first uh, first folks come over and they say, well, this is working out well here. And what I always say to my Armenian neighbors is, man, you're a lot smarter than us Germans. And they say, why? And I say, well, you guys are living in Glendale, the weather is fantastic. You know, the old prime uh, winter in Milwaukee. That said, I love Milwaukee. <laughs> uh, it can be tough in the winter.
1: What What do you want people who watch the film to take away from it?
2: Yeah, it's a that's a, it's a it's a great question, and I I don't mean to be cagey with my answer, but I think one of the great things about film or music or art, if you'll allow that, is being able to take away that. Message that you want to pull out of it. Like I'm I'm a huge Beatles fan and uh, uh, Sometimes I start reading what Paul McCartney or John Lennon or George Harrison says about a song and I Stop reading it because I've taken something else that is more deeply meaningful to me Um, So that's one answer, but I will say I'll tell you what I something that I'm, I'm pleased the film is about I think everybody in this film is is on a journey of healing and redemption is possible uh so I'll, I'll leave it at that uh
1: and finally what are you looking forward to most uh when we come out the other side of this uh world we're all living in
2: just seeing my loved ones and not having to uh stay up, stay away
1: Well, uh, the film is Small Town, Wisconsin, uh, and it is playing now at the Whistler Film Festival. Niels Mueller, thanks so much for for your time today, man. Thank you, Dan. I really enjoyed it. Already, you you have a good day and uh, stay safe out in Glendale.
2: All right. Thanks for spending time with the film.
1: Appreciate it. Cheers.
2: All
0: right. Cheers. Well, hello and welcome. That was my conversation with writer-director Niels Mueller. He is the new film, Small Town, Wisconsin, recently premiered at the Whistler Film Festival. That does it for me today. I'm going to try to have one other show up this weekend on Sunday with writer-director, filmmaker Sophie Dupuis. Her new film that just played at the festival is Souterrain. And you will also hear from singer-songwriter Jen Grant, on her new Christmas album. Next week, it's more from the festival, and I have interviews with Julia Sarah Stone, Remy Gerard, Sophie Harvey, and Casey Novak, and Kenny Liu, star of the film, A Shot Through the Wall. Later in the coming weeks, you'll also hear from... Former Go Go's member Kathy Valentine on her new memoir. Thanks for tuning in. Stay safe. Stay warm this holiday season. And I will see you next time. Goodbye for now. <laughs> I I just like to have a lot of sex.